Okay, we're going to be honest with you. We've just done about two hours of a podcast. We just didn't happen to record it. So we're going to try to capture that for you guys now. This is Buckeye Talk. This is Doug Maurice. We're here with Ari Wasserman and Bill Landis. We don't know exactly what to bring you people um, because Ohio State's not in the Big Ten championship game. And we have already made our thoughts about Ohio State and the college football playoff pretty clear. But we still have a lot of playoff thoughts. So what we are going to try to do is try to think about the committee. We're not just going to talk about Ohio State, but obviously Ohio State fits into this a lot. But again, we're in Ari's apartment, and for about the last 90 minutes here on Monday night, we've been talking in circles, and, and but not in a bad way. And we keep saying we should turn the podcast on. So we're going to. So this is it. Um, try to stay with us. We're, try to, we're, we're going to make different points than we've made in previous playoff podcasts, but I think we'll get this point out first. Ari and Bill, do you think Ohio State will make the playoff? Will make or should make? When the announcement is made on Sunday, after the championship games are played on Saturday, almost regardless of the results, do you believe Ohio State is is going to the college football playoff? I do. I do. I do. We thought that before. We thought they probably were in. We disputed the idea previously of win and they're in for sure. A lot of what we thought then still applies now. Ari and Bill have also done reporting on what the committee has been saying. You have to listen to what the committee says because they're the only people in the end that matter. Um, But we're going to start making points about the committee and how they go about their business and how they are thinking and how maybe we think they aren't going to be thinking and that potentially bothers us. This is too long of an intro. Let's just start saying crazy stuff because we just weren't, have been going nuts for two hours. Mm-hmm. Ari, start with your thing. You have a very interesting thing. The point? idea of the argument that people were making two years ago that Ohio State fans were making for Ohio State is actually a very similar argument that's on the table now. It just so happens to work against Ohio, Ohio State. Take yourself back two years to 2014. Take it back. That was a good time. I was you know. skinnier. here. I was skinnier. Um, And Ohio State lost the game to Virginia Tech at home because it was two weeks into the season and JT Barrett was a freshman. And then all of a sudden they won nine or ten games in a row. They won a lot of games. They won their conference championship. Then they won it 59-0 with Cardale Jones. And at the end of the year with the one loss, what was your argument? What was their argument, Bill? They were a different team. They were a better team. Fast forward two years now. And Penn State is a two-loss team who has now won eight games in a row, um, including a win head-to-head over Ohio State. All the wins by double digits. All wins by double digits. They just beat the team that Ohio State almost lost to two weeks ago by 33 and were accused of running it up. That's Michigan State. And now they are going to the Big Ten Championship game with a chance to play a Additional game that Ohio State didn't against Ohio, the team that Ohio State claims is the second best win, and if they win that, they become conference champions. Does that sound like the team that lost three months ago? No. So it's a very different team. With with some major injury things that they were missing guys when they lost two games of their first four and have them back now. And, ha- and those guys who returned have been very productive. Mm-hmm. Two they linebackers just- who were great against Ohio State. And now Ohio State is going to get put up against them, and all of a sudden the argument of Penn State having two losses is, well, they have those losses or they have the loss, but nobody is using the they're a different team argument that worked so well for Ohio State two years ago. Do you think, Bill, do you think that argument, do you think it is similar? It's a little similar. It's the second loss that makes it different, obviously. Um and I think it's it's more the loss to Michigan than I think it is the loss to Pitt. Penn State lost by four to Pitt, um, I think the second week of the season, and then a few weeks later, maybe it was a week later, played Michigan, and I think it was 41. I think they lost, they lost to Pitt in the second week. Oh, and then won a couple. Yeah, you're and right. And then they, they, they went Kent State win, mm-hmm. Pitt loss, Temple win. By the way, that's a good win. Temple's 9-3. Yeah. Michigan loss. To start the Big Ten, season. and it, I believe it was forty-one to fourteen. I think it was forty-nine ten. Forty-nine ten. Whatever. It was a very sizable loss to Michigan, and I think that is more of a holdup here for me, anyway. To, I guess they give a counter argument. Ohio State lost to Virginia Tech in twenty fourteen. 
um, and got overmatched at home. They didn't get blown out. They lost to a team they shouldn't have lost to. Penn State got run off the field by Michigan. So you have to make the argument that, that Penn State is 39 points better now than it was three months ago. And that's a pretty, I think, difficult argument to make. Um, I, I think it, part of it is valid that Penn State is certainly different, better. They're, they're blowing teams out now. They have a complete team, and they look much different than they did in September. Two losses is the holdup for me, and I think would be the holdup for anyone trying to make that argument. One thing you have to keep in mind is that that is only one aspect of this argument. That is one thing that you were saying, not Bill was saying, that you as an Ohio State fan were saying about Ohio State that a Penn State fan can be saying about Penn State. And in this scenario, yes, Penn State also has two losses, that Ohio State only had one. But now Penn State is also in a scenario where it is on the verge of potentially winning the Big Ten Championship and having a head-to-head victory over a top-two team, which is the best victory in college football, and Ohio State didn't have those two years ago. Yeah. So it's just, a, it's just an aspect of the argument that you have to consider when you kind of are outwardly thinking about that argument from its entire perspective. Let me, let me I feel like I'm going to start talking faster because sometimes in the podcast I, I talk too deliberately like a professional. And when I'm ranting, I just rant. And I rant. swear, I'm just going to rant for an hour. And swear. Let me ask you this. Two losses. Is it enough to stop it at two losses? Penn State has two losses, and we're not thinking about two lost teams. At the moment... We're not thinking about two lost teams. Alabama's undefeated. If Clemson and Washington win out, they would be one lost teams. Ohio State's a one lost team. That's it. Two losses, two losses, that's it. Is that a reasonable thing to do? No two lost team has ever made it. Is that okay? Is that okay to just throw Penn State out? Who cares about the head-to-head? Who cares about the conference championship? Because they lost twice. Is that it? No, I don't think that's it. Because Why think- not, though? Well, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I'm not in the room, but I think the one thing that the committee has shown is that they're willing to forgive stuff like that. Look at USC. USC has three losses, and all of a sudden, USC is like a darling in the committee room. Let me ask up in the that. Top now, top. you are the guys who get on the call. Did Herbie Ter- Her- Kirby? I'm going to call him Herbie Cocut. That's a better name. Herbie Cocut. Because uh, Kirk Herbstreit and Herbie Herbie yeah. and Kirby. Did he not say a couple weeks ago that nobody on the committee would want to play USC right now? Yes. Three yes. loss USC. What the hell is that? <laughs> Does that make any sense to anybody? Here's the thing that I think the committee is missing. And the thing we are wondering about here is if the committee is going to evaluate this whole thing the right way. Why aren't they saying nobody wants to play Penn State? Two loss, not three loss Penn State. Penn State that, if you think about it, has the best win in America. Go talk about Ohio State's win at Oklahoma. Alabama's undefeated. They're number one. Ohio State's number two. Number two has one loss. That means Penn State's win over Ohio State is the best win in America. They've won eight straight games by double digits. They have an unbelievable running back. They have great receivers. They have a good defense with some very good linebackers. Why is nobody saying, why is Kirby Hocutt talking about who who wants to play USC? Nobody is saying that about Penn State. Instead, they're saying there's a huge gap. One team got to transform. I was reading LA Times stories two and a half months ago where they were talking about how everything there was an embarrassment and how the team was laying down. And I don't know. And that is the thing I don't understand is why is USC allowed to be reborn but Penn State isn't? Why not? Well, maybe it is. Kirby Hocutt was asked directly about USC and was not asked directly about Penn State. And he's not going to just pump up a team to pump them up. You have to ask him directly, I think, about it. And, and USC, in fairness, has been penalized by that third loss. They have not cracked the top ten. But they made a pretty huge they made a jump. Huge when they, jump. They, they jumped from, I think, not in to like number 15 when they beat Washington. I just yeah, now they're number 11. Do we have to put this podcast up Tuesday morning? Because no. the rankings are coming out Tuesday night? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you might be getting this on Tuesday. Bonus Tuesday podcast. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Crap. No, that's okay. Whatever. People are liking the it's, podcast. It's the, I feel it's, like they, it's the playoff, man. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, whatever. We can't, can't we can't back. be held back by stuff by on the days of the week. We will not be constrained. It's by about days being of the interesting. Week. So, but but listen, I don't I don't think people are looking at Penn State the right way, and I'm not sure people are looking at Ohio State the right way. And the point is not only who's in and who's not. I am very big on process. I think process matters more than the result. Because you can say a lot of dumb stuff and think a lot of dumb things and end up with the right answer. That's what I do every day. When you're in school, (laughs) 
My daughter's in math in seventh grade. She doesn't get to put her answer down. She has to show her work. I want people to do the work and show their work about considering this. There are national writers who are saying, put Ohio State and Michigan both in the playoff. There are national writers saying there's no discussion between Ohio State and Penn State. Why? Show me why there's no discussion. And I don't know if I trust this committee, which has no transparency other than an overwhelmed committee spokesman coming out and trying to synthesize 12 opinions into one on a conference call where he's just trying not to get himself in trouble. I don't know if there's enough transparency in that room. I don't know if people in that room are going to make the right arguments. So not only will they come up with the right answer, but they'll come up with the right answer the right way. You can make an argument. And if everybody wins out, you can give me a playoff of Alabama, Washington, Clemson, and and Ohio State. And you can give me that playoff. And I'm not going to argue with that playoff, really. I really, I mean, I'm going to have my opinion. But if you give it to me the right way, and you tell me you've considered everything the right way, I absolutely, you have to be able it's to the question. But did you give the right consideration to everybody involved, or did you walk in that room and say, Ohio State's better than Penn State, and that's it? And if you did that, you didn't do your job. And what Doug's trying to say, I think, is that we could have any Ohio State person on here, any fan, any national media member, either me or Bill, and Doug. And we could ask that person, why do you, without any question, put Ohio State in over Penn State? And that person could give you ten reasons, all of which are probably valid, but the three of us could give them enough rebuttals to make their head explode about why Penn State should also be in. And I think that the question that we're having is, is the is the conference, or is the committee going to have its meeting, and is somebody going to say, here's why I want Ohio State and here are the reasons. And are there going to be three or two other people who say, but what about all these reasons for Penn State? And are they going to bang their heads together and come up with the right answer based on that really tough discussion that requires opinion and vote? Or are they just going to say, everybody thinks Ohio State's great, let's put them in, and then we'll discuss Penn State and Washington on another plane, right? That's 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 my question. That's my question. Um, because in the end, I think there's a big difference between Ohio State in as the only Big Ten team and Ohio State in with a Big Ten team. So I think that's a big change. And and here's the other thing. So we're talking about are they going to look at Penn State the right way. Do we think they're looking at Ohio State the right way? And I will preface this again by saying Ohio State is an excellent team that's had an excellent season. We agree on everything. We agree on 11-1 and is great. We agree the Big Ten is very good. We agree wins against at, wins at Oklahoma and at Wisconsin and at home against Michigan are very good. Bill, do you believe there to be a perception that Ohio State is a dominant team that has run through this season? Do you believe that to be the perception of many people who maybe are Ohio State fans and maybe people around the country who don't follow Ohio State every single play but have a broad view and think Ohio State has been great all the way through? Yes. Well, we had, we, do a, we did a podcast when we did it in the middle of the season, I think, like, is Ohio State Alabama? And that means a lot of different things, but one of those things is like the assumption of greatness. And I think Ohio State's getting that treatment right now. And the thing that people always used to argue and still argue against Alabama is like Alabama's undefeated, but don't always look great, and they're just anointed as the best team in college football because they're Alabama. I think that's happening with Ohio State right now because you you know the scores off the top of your head, the point differentials in the last few games. It has not been great and, and or pretty for Ohio State, has it? I've been saying this a lot of places. Last seven games for Ohio State. Two of those games are 62-3 to three wins. Oh, can't dispute that. One was against Maryland. Maryland's not very good. One was against Nebraska. Nebraska, as it turns out, was a top-10 team at the moment. Turns out it's not that quality. It's still a top-25 team, and you, you beat them badly. You definitely get credit for that. I'm not trying to downgrade that good win. I want to talk about their other five games in their last seven. Are a loss to Penn State an overtime win against Wisconsin, a double overtime win against Michigan, a one-point win against Michigan State, and a four-point win against Northwestern. That's a loss and then four wins that were a play away from being a loss. Now, you can give Ohio State a lot of credit for finding ways to win those games. And I have, and we have. And in the moment when you're writing about a team and covering a team and talking about a team, you do give them credit because the name of the game is winning. But then when we're stepping back, it's not only winning. 
if you're talking game control, if you're talking comparisons and all that stuff, I can't have you sit here and tell me that an Ohio State team that just beat Michigan by one and Northwestern by four, those are two of those games after their loss, that that's a great team. Yeah, that's the and thing. That, like, why, why, does, why is the gap so wide? If you want to tell me that you have Ohio State number two because you think Ohio State is slightly better than all those one-loss teams and the two-loss Penn State, but that's not what they're telling because us. Before, yeah, I mean, I asked on, on the call last week, and before Ohio State beat Michigan, they said that there was a wide gap between two and seven. And the thing that we brought up and part of the things that we were talking about before the podcast was a lot of people want to also give Ohio State credit about the way that loss happened, which was the blocked kick. The two block kicks, the 10 points that it turned into, and the flukish, I've got air quotes going, way that Ohio State lost that game, that's fine. But, Doug, remember we were talking about the wins that Ohio State has. What about the the floating pass against Michigan State from the double clutch from O'Connor? What about the holding call of Wisconsin at the end that prevented them from trying to kick a field goal to win? If Ohio State's going to get the benefit of the doubt for winning, for losing a game on a fluke, blocked kick, then they should also be penalized for almost losing games to teams that had an opportunity to win on the last drive. And this is three, the three, the, it's two biggest wins. All three of them. And almost like, well, no, because Oklahoma, oh, oh, no, they beat no, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I'm sorry, the th- I thought you meant like, okay, Wisconsin and Michigan, and Michigan both fall under that category. Right, and so and does Michigan what State. would have been a catastrophic loss to Michigan State. Which Penn State beat by 33. Right. And I feel like it does happen with other teams. I think people have been not that impressed with Clemson. Mm-hmm. Over the course of the season, right? Let's go through. Well, let me give you um, Clemson's last six games: overtime win, three-point win over Florida State, fifty-four nothing, a one-point loss to Pitt, a twenty-two-point win, and a forty-nine-point win. That is a Clemson team that's going to be in the playoff for sure if they win the ACC championship. But a Clemson team. That nobody is saying Clemson is dominant. Nobody is saying – I think people are like sort of reluctantly putting Clemson in. I don't know why Clemson has been viewed as a team that has not played to its potential maybe this year. Where Ohio State is viewed that way. Ohio, I, and I know and Ohio State was supposed is young and Ohio State's the youngest team in the country and no one thought they'd be this good. But that's, that's over now. Let's talk about what they're doing. What they're doing – they won by one point against a team that's three and nine. And I don't want to talk about, well, Michigan State always gets up for, that's what everybody does for all good teams, whatever. Ohio State does not get credit because Michigan State got up for them. They beat a three and nine team by one because that team, instead of kicking the extra point, went for two to try to win the game. And what's interesting to me is that Ohio State didn't seem to get the benefit of the doubt this year's team got last year when they might have deserved it with all the talent they had, right? Like, I think it's strange that Clemson has the Ohio State of last year, except Clemson is just happening to win their conference championship. And if Ohio State would have had one loss last year but still won their conference championship, they would have been a lot like Clemson is this year. I think that's a fair comparison. And now I feel like we were talking before we started the podcast. I don't know if I'm going off in the wrong direction here. There's no direction to this podcast. There's just, it's just all tangents. But it makes no sense to me that could Ohio State be getting in this year because Ohio State, as you said before we started recording, Doug, will be the most talented team in the history of the playoff even in 20 years from now to not make it. This is a point that someone emailed me or tweeted me. I can't remember. I would give you credit if I could remember it. It was a very interesting point. Michigan State, I think, is the best example. Maybe Oklahoma also. There were two of the teams that got in last year. Michigan State went instead of Ohio State because they had the head-to-head win, because they won the Big Ten Championship. Nobody disputed that really in the moment, right? Was anybody last year saying Ohio State should get in instead of Michigan State? No. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, but because Michigan State was also a team that won their championship. You know, they because and because Michigan State only had one loss, and Penn State has two. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if Michigan State would have had two losses last year. If they played Notre Dame in the non-conference and would have lost it instead of one, then maybe it would have been different. And again, we're not pretending that wins and losses don't matter. We just want to have the right discussion, which is, I think it's possible, what everybody thinks they think, if Penn State had beaten Pitt instead of lost by three, they would think the exact opposite, and nothing about Ohio State in that scenario would have changed. But the question is, Michigan State beat Ohio State, won the Big Ten Championship, went to the playoff, and got killed by Alabama. 
while a team that had 10 players headed for the first three rounds of the NFL draft went to the Fiesta Bowl and beat up Notre Dame. I think a lot of people, I think everybody thinks, I don't think a lot of people, I think everybody around college football believes Ohio State would have given Alabama a better game than Michigan State did last year. Do you think that fact will matter to this committee? Does Michigan State earning a spot last year, but maybe not being one of the four best, while Ohio State sat home as the number seven team, does that have any effect on the way commi- the committee will look at this? And will that make them say, we're not getting caught up in only conference championships and who, quote, deserves it or whatever. We're putting in the best teams because last year we saw what happened when we put in a team that earned it but maybe wasn't one of the four best. Yeah, I think it's possible that caused us some reevaluation. Because this is the third year they've done this. And I know this might be stealing a little bit of your thunder, Ari. Because I know you want to ask this on Tuesday night on the conference call, but how much precedent can actually be set when you've only been doing something for two years? And if they want to set precedent, it's going to take a few years to do that. Um, Michigan State got shut out by Alabama, right, in the playoff game? I think it was thirty-eight nothing, right? Thirty-eight. Yeah. yeah, I mean that you don't want teams getting shut out by thirty-eight in the in a playoff game, and it's not about TV ratings or anything like that. It's about putting the teams that are most deserving. Because it makes you think deserving. you're wrong, maybe. Right, and I think it's very possible that they look back at what happened last year. They just put the teams in the one conference championships because that makes the most sense, and then it didn't work out because those teams clearly weren't good enough to play with the two number one teams in the country, Alabama and Clemson. So if that causes reevaluation this year, and that's the reason or part of the reason that Ohio State gets in, because even though Ohio State doesn't have a championship, they're clearly better in the eyes of the 12 people in that room, better from a talent standpoint on both sides of the ball than – Penn State or Wisconsin, everyone's a Big Ten or Washington, whoever they get in over, I think that's possible. And I wonder if there's a fear that if they put it in Penn State and Penn State plays Alabama in the first round and loses 38 to nothing, that they have to live with that again. Right. But Even though that doesn't, I don't know if that proves anything because maybe Ohio State would have lost that by that much. But it's just, they don't want to do that again. And I do think that people think that's what would happen. I do think people see this Penn State team as a team like that Michigan State team that could go lose by 38 to Alabama. And my question is why? Why? And I was asked this on a radio show. Who's better? Who's better? Ohio State or Penn State? Who would you pick? Ohio State or Penn State? And the question was asked with the implication that everybody in the country would say Ohio State's better. Penn State won head-to-head. We just ran through what Ohio State's done in their last seven games. Why does everyone think Ohio State's better than Penn State? And, and maybe not just why does everyone think it, why does everyone not just think it, but not even discuss it? There's no debate. With There's it. no question. People don't even try to compare them. When Since the Ohio State win, as you said, Bill, they've won every game by double digits. They blew out an Iowa team the week after. It wasn't like, oh, teams changed. Iowa lost by 30 to Penn State and beat Michigan the next week. Yeah. Why? Why is it? Is it legitimate? Because I'll go through, I'll take Saquon Barkley. If you if I'm drafting Ohio State versus Penn State and I have a draft on the playground, my number one pick is Saquon Barkley. Yeah, and I think you'd take the receivers too. Like the group of receivers that Penn State has. And how good did we think that healthy defense, that healthy Penn State defense, what did we think of it? I thought it was very good. Obviously, it was very good. It held Ohio State in check and has played awesome since then. Um, I don't know. If you truly broke it down position by position, Penn State would certainly win some of the battles when you talk about Barkley and the receivers. I think if you went through every position, Ohio State would win maybe the majority of them. Not all of them, but most of them, probably the majority. I think, I think Ohio State— Take the State, corners, take the safeties, right, take the I linebackers. Think, I think there is, even though Penn State beat Ohio State head-to-head, I still think there is a tangible difference in talent between the two teams. And I don't think it's crazy to think that— I think people jump to that conclusion without actually analyzing because last it. Because Michigan State, the benefit that it Ohio State had a tangible, tangible, there was no argument. Michigan about, State had some very good players, but the depth of talent Ohio State had was definitely right. better, right? And they weren't even considered last year. But I just, I just think people are blowing off the Penn State win over Ohio State as a fluke by a team that's not as good. And I don't know that what we've seen the last six weeks actually backs that up. And here's my question, too. That's fair. How people are saying Ohio State's the team that can beat Alabama. That's the team that can take Alabama down. And as we prefaced before, Ohio State's very good. They're 11-1. and one. This is not designed to tear down Ohio State. That would be foolhardy. There's a component, a 
of playing football that Ohio State cannot do. They can't throw the ball. They can't throw the ball. So people think Ohio State has this high-flying offense. JT Barrett ran it 30 times against Michigan. Why? Ohio State's defense is very good. Their defense is very good. Of course it's very good. Why do people think that Ohio State is an unstoppable team, that that is the offense that's going to beat Alabama? I don't know. I don't think it's real. Give me Deshaun Watson. We saw the offense that beats Alabama, and it's an awesome running back, an awesome offensive line, and a quarterback who can throw the ball 60 yards off his back foot to a receiver who's really good at tracking deep balls. And is now in the NFL. And is now in the NFL. And Ohio State doesn't have any of those things. Literally none of those things. And it doesn't mean that if Ohio State and Alabama play, that Ohio State can't win. I'm just saying I think it is a misperception. I think it is a... Again, I'm worried that the discussion won't even take place because there are assumptions made about teams that I don't think are actually backed up by facts right now. Let me ask another question. When you, people are saying Penn State that Ohio State and Michigan should both make it, Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports, his column after the game, was Ohio State and Michigan should both be in the playoff. You guys were at that game. Did you watch that game and think to yourself, these are absolutely, positively, no doubt about it, two of the four best teams in the country? No, not no doubt about it. But not when you, I mean, Alabama clearly, Clemson clearly, Washington's in the conversation, Wisconsin's in the conversation, Penn State's in the conversation. I don't think you can watch. Because I thought we saw the limitations of Ohio State throwing the ball. I thought there were some limitations from Michigan, too, from an explosive op- offense standpoint, which I think caught up to them at the end of the game. Um, so, no, I thought there were two very good teams, certainly two teams who, by the end of the year, you can make the argument that they're top four. But now it's not clear-cut to me that those are two of the best four teams in the country. I don't think I'd pick Ohio State to beat Alabama. I don't think I'd beat Ohio State, or pick Ohio State to beat Clemson. Um, I don't think I would pick Ohio State to beat Penn State again. Maybe. I don't know. That's different. It's hard to beat the same team twice in the same year. But go ahead. I just don't. I've watched this team. And the things that are wrong with this team aren't different every week. It's the same ailment, isn't it? Isn't it kind of feel like, oh, well, this is happening to Michigan. They can't throw the ball. No crap. Yeah. Because it's the same thing they couldn't do for the previous month. Right. And it's like, so what are they going to go play Alabama that's got more more NFL talent on their team than the Browns, and they're going to beat them? I mean, it's funny, but it's like, no, it's I'm not picking Ohio State to win their next game in the playoff. I don't even care who they're playing. If Ohio State was playing Wisconsin this week, Ohio State had made the Big Ten Championship. Are you sure they would beat Wisconsin? No. No, I'm not sure of that at all. So why do they get rewarded and get to go to the playoff by not even having to do it? Bill, that, Bill, Bill put up his arms like Joey Bosa <laughs> for a sec. That bothers me. You lost, so now you don't have to go play the game that you might have lost. Just go right into the playoff. I can't get my I can't let that go. I know that it has been a discussion in the past of conference champions and non-conference champs and it's been since the playoffs started, you know, that's been out there that they could make it. But now that it's real, the idea that Michigan losing a game to Iowa just gave Ohio State a bye. I can't let that go. I think it's not fair. I think it's not fair to the other teams who are going to be in the playoff and had to go play, had to play one more game. And it's not the same as Notre Dame. And it's not the same as the Big 12 that don't even have the, see, the they, chance to have a championship game. They don't even have the option to have that extra game. And it's not and just avoiding it. Just tell them that it's about the advantage, the word advantage we need to use. By not playing in the Big Ten championship, they have an advantage for their next playoff game. Urban Meyer talks all the, the time about how you – by the time you play that championship game, he's talked about it a lot with the SEC championship, you get off that field and the guys couldn't even walk anymore. And he, when he talks about how difficult the playoff is and how much they're putting on these players, and you are allowing Ohio State as a result. If Ohio State had beaten Penn State, they'd have to go play this game. Because they lost, they don't have to go play it, and they get to the same spot. And everybody that I've heard discuss this in the media says, oh, it's good for Ohio State. It's good for Ohio State that they don't have to go play. They get an extra... Yeah, it's good and it's not fair. This is the like this is the bonus podcast. We're going to write all this stuff too. So if you're not listening to the podcast, you just have to read it. If you listen to the podcast, you're getting it early. 
and you're getting it in spoken word. It is the only sport in America where a wild card team that didn't win anything gets a bonus. In baseball, the wild card teams have to play each other to try to get in. So then they get in and don't have home field advantage. You want to say that the Indians won their division, but they're going to have to be in the wild card game and the Orioles as the second place team in the East, they don't they get to go straight in. Is that fair? You're going to say that the Ravens and the Steelers tied for the AFC North and the Steelers won the tiebreaker and are the AFC North champions and are the two seed as a result of that, but yet they have to play an extra game and the Ravens don't just because that's the way it worked out. It's just the way of the system. You can't put Ohio State in without putting them in with this reward of a week off. It's a buy. Buys in the playoff are gold. You're giving Ohio State a playoff buy. No injuries, no showing plays, two extra weeks to prepare, healthiness, rest, rest, and scouting. no, No risk. You are not putting yourself at risk. Everybody else out there, even Alabama, the people, they probably get in with one loss anyway, but Alabama is putting itself at risk this weekend. Washington is putting it on the line against a good Colorado team to try to get in. And you can argue about the system. This is the system. And here's the other thing. People have written and have talked about how these giant conferences with unbalanced schedules are unwieldy and have created this world where the championship games are irrelevant and somehow this giant 14-team conference is screwing Ohio State and that's why they're not in. It's a false argument. It has nothing to do with how many teams are in this conference. Ohio State and Penn State played very similar cross-division schedules. Penn State played... Minnesota, Iowa, and Purdue. Ohio State played Wisconsin, Northwestern, and Nebraska. Now, Purdue's the worst team in there, but once Penn State goes and plays Wisconsin, Minnesota and Iowa are the same as Northwestern and Nebraska, Mm -hmm. and they both might be a little bit better. So don't tell me that Ohio State had to play a tougher West Division schedule. It's not true. Their games against the four bottom teams in the East, very similar scores. There's nothing to it there. All it comes down to is a round robin between the three best teams, and they all went one and one against each other. And then Ohio's Penn State lost a non-conference game. That's a fact. Again, we said if you want to stop it at two losses, then stop it at two losses. But that non-conference game has, doesn't have anything to do with, with who's going to the Big Ten Championship. Right. And nothing about expansion, nothing about anything has to do with it. It's a tiebreaker because they're both 8-1 and one in the Big Ten, playing basically the same schedule. And every tiebreaker in the history of man... The first tiebreaker is head-to-head. Penn State beat Ohio State head-to-head. There is nothing about expansion, nothing about divisions, nothing about against not playing everybody that somehow cost Ohio State this. All Ohio State did was lose the game they couldn't lose, just like last year. They lost one game. It was the game they couldn't lose. And then if unless you're going to give it up and say that we're going to have the place in the title game determined by playoff ranking. We as a conference are giving up our local government. We're going federal. We're letting the playoff committee decide everything. Kirby Hocutt and the gang, they have Ohio State higher than Penn State this week. That means Ohio State's in the Big Ten Championship. That's our tiebreaker. If you want to go that way because the playoff is the most important thing, then go that way. Okay? Let's make that rule change for next year. Do you want to argue? I'll, I'll buy some, some portion of that argument because this is a playoff world now. That's not it now. There's nothing that cost Ohio State this spot. There's nothing that cost Ohio State this opportunity other than losing the game they couldn't lose. Guess what? Penn State won the game it had to win. And I know if Michigan hadn't lost to Iowa and all this stuff happened, Ohio State controlled its fate and gave that up with that Penn State loss, okay? So don't give me an argument about 14-team conferences and how this unwieldy world has created a situation where conference title games are irrelevant. You're making the conference title game irrelevant by deciding that a team that doesn't get there doesn't have to be there. The conference didn't decide that. Expansion didn't decide that. The playoff committee might decide that. 
But that is a false argument. Nobody did anything to Ohio State that Ohio State didn't do to itself. That was a lot. It's false arguments. <laughs> Which means keep going. <laughs> it's false arguments and it's incorrect perceptions. And as we said, Ohio State's probably going to make it. They're almost certainly going to make it. And in many, many, many ways, they probably deserve to make it. But please think about it the right way. And next year, when the situation is changed and Ohio State's in a position where their conference champ or their ch- we're going to have the same argument based on the same principles. It's not about the teams. It's about the principles. It's about pro- applying them equally. It's about not making assumptions. And, and thing- I think there are a lot of those assumptions being made right now that are not for the best thing for college football when it comes down to evaluating. And the thing that I think you guys need to understand, and I think a lot of people think that we have an axe to grind, put yourself in Penn State's situation as an Ohio State fan. Let's say Penn State beat Pitt, Ohio State lost to Oklahoma, and everything else was the same. And Ohio State was going to compete and potentially win the Big Ten, and people were saying Penn State's going over Ohio State. You just basically flip the script. You all would be losing your minds. You'd be losing it. And that's okay. You're supposed to think what's best for your team is the best thing because you're a fan and you're supposed to. But just understand that if the roles were reversed and the only thing different about the argument in favor of Penn State was Ohio State, you got to understand that we'd be making it for Ohio State, which is something that we talked about before this. We're just trying to keep it real with the way things are viewed. And I trust me, you know in your heart that if the resumes were reversed and Ohio State had the head-to-head and the Big Ten championships, all of a sudden those things would be more important than you're making now, or that you're making them be right now because it doesn't work in your favor. But if the rules were reversed, we would be saying the same things we're saying about Penn State, about Ohio State, or just trying to let you see it through the entire lens of what's actually happening and not just through the Ohio State lens. You guys talk. I'm looking something up. What's up, Dollar B? What's up, man? It's just the assumption. That's all it is. The assumption that there's no discussion that is the weirdest part. I can't wrap my head around it's it. It's the whole discussion's the whole thing. It's like when they, it's there, the reason they did this. When people when people say there's no discussion, it basically said then then why even have a playoff discussion? Why, why even have a committee? All That's right. the whole point. I'm looking this up. Discuss this idea, which we discussed earlier in our podcast that wasn't recorded. College football playoff committee. It's twelve people who love college football. They won't do it. They don't get paid. They basically give up their whole fall. They fly to Texas like six or seven weekends. They sit in a conference room. I mean, it's cool to stay in hotels, but I think you get mm-hmm. sick of conference rooms after a while. If they didn't like college football, they didn't, wouldn't do it. If they didn't think college football was important, they wouldn't do it. Are those people going to make a decision based on TV ratings? Are those people going to make a decision based on something other than what they believe to be the four best teams or the four most deserving teams or however they do it? However, those 12 individual people, and remember, it's just people. It's not a committee. It's not some amorphous mob that thinks as one. They don't have a mind meld. There's 12 people sitting in there arguing. Do you think they're going to do anything other than what they believe to be the right thing to find the four teams that should be there? Or do you – then we know there are a lot of people out there who believe – the best TV ratings, the best matchups, geography, keeping people happy, all that stuff matters. Do you think that that is the case? Do you think that something other than the four best teams could come out of that room because of these outside reasons? I don't know. I think that's a little ridiculous, um, and I don't quite understand it because they didn't do it last year. And I know we had the discussion of is what happened last year going to affect what they do this year, but we're not talking about television ratings. We're talking about truly putting in the four best, most deserving teams. I can't envision a scenario where any of those 12 people enter that room thinking to themselves, I got to think about TV ratings and I got to make sure that Ohio State's in and Alabama's in and Clemson's in because that's the teams people want to watch. I think it's preposterous. I don't like, do you think there's any chance whatsoever that TV ratings factor? I think a lot of people like go back to things that they thought were true five years ago before the system. And when you have to like pick the the top two teams, I feel like in the BCS system or um, you know in any system that they'd have before the playoff, that 
hey, the team that is on the edge, whichever team's going to draw the best TV ratings, is going to be. Mm. It's just a different system across the board now. And like Doug said, is Condoleezza Rice really worried about who's going to draw the best thing, best ratings for ESPN? I mean, is that really what it's going to come down to? Because I have people all the time, and I'm sure you do on Twitter, like, Ohio State draws the most fans. How are they going to get left out? I don't know that that's relevant. And if it is relevant, then it's completely wrong and completely undermining the entire point of the committee. If that's what it is, if it's a money thing, then just do a mathematical equation of which team's going to generate the most and then just put them in. If, if, TV, not, if TV ratings mattered, Ohio State and Notre Dame would have played each other in a playoff and not in a Fiesta Bowl that wasn't a playoff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to live in a world where it matters. Sometimes it makes me feel naive to think that way. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of people who have been around the game and are really smart people who, who would argue strongly that uh, in a game that generates hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, in a game where Rutgers and Nebraska are in the same conference because of money, where West Virginia is in a conference with schools from Texas for money, um, where a lot of things that you thought would never have happened and don't make sense are done for money. Do you really believe that they wouldn't adjust the playoff field for money? Because if we're talking TV ratings, what are we really talking? We're talking money. Because the better the TV ratings, the more that TV contract is going to be worth the next time it comes up. So we really believe when we see the way college football has allowed itself to be ripped apart, not by outside forces, by internal forces, chasing every last dollar, refusing to pay players, making nonsensical decisions, we're really going to believe that when it comes down to the most important thing, the way a champion is decided, that money is not going to matter at all? Are you that naive? To believe that? Yeah, I am. Because if I don't believe that, then what's the point of any of it? What's the point of any of it? If I was one of those 12 people and I was giving up my fall for this game that I love and most of those people have dedicated their lives to, some their entire lives, others portion of their lives, if you were going to go in that dreary hotel conference room and eat those Danish and sit around and look at those stats and listen to Barry Alvarez drone on. I mean, the Danish is good. You're, I could, go I could really Danish go for right a Danish now. right now. <laughs> You're going to do that. You need that Danish? And dedicate your time just to do what's best for ESPN. I don't think, I don't think you can do it. I don't think you could allow your – I don't think no. you could live with that. I couldn't live with this. Yeah. I couldn't live with anything other than what I thought. Maybe other people disagreed with it, but if I voted anything other than what I thought, I couldn't live with myself. So I'm going to assume that those people could, that those athletic directors, those former coaches, those leaders, American political leaders. There's a guy in that room who carried the nuclear device during 9-11. Lieutenant Michael Gould, I believe, was on Air Force One with George W. Bush. He's now on the playoff committee. That guy... Is going to do what ESPN wants? He carried the football. If that's not true, Bill, edit this out. I'm pretty sure that's true. These are real people. And Barry Alvarez was the head coach of a team that had... had This is a great point, by the way. Listen to this point. Because everybody thinks of anything through the Ohio State lens. There's no Ohio State people on that committee. Listen to this point. Barry Alvarez was the head coach of the Wisconsin team that you would leave out because the ratings wouldn't be good enough. Now he's going to get on his high horse and say Ohio State's got to get in over ratings? You're telling me that guy yeah. is going to get up in that room and put Ohio State in because it's going to draw more money? He'll die in that room before he lets that to happen. Like, these are the people that we think are going to allow that to happen? I don't know. I, I, if you did something with your life for 20 years and the thing that might have put your team at a disadvantage with them. If you did something with your life for 20 years and the thing that put you at a disadvantage while doing that thing for 20 years was in your hands, you think you would keep giving them that advantage? I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No. Last year, in the final rankings that were released after championship weekend, Ohio State was number seven. They were the most talented team in the country, 10 players who would be drafted in the first three rounds. 
they were fifth among the one-loss teams. They were ranked seventh. Ranked sixth was a two-loss conference champion, Stanford, which had a regular season loss to Oregon and also had a non-conference loss the first week of the year at Northwestern. And Stanford didn't make the playoff, but that was a two-loss conference champ that was ranked ahead of a one-loss Ohio State team that was probably, Ohio State was probably better, quote, better than Stanford. So if you want to make an argument that there's no way that a two-loss conference champ could be ranked ahead of a one-loss Ohio State team, it happened last year in the final ranking. And that two-loss conference champ did not happen to have a head-to-head win over Ohio State as part of his resume. So it could happen. Um, you said there were fifth. So the four ACC, SEC, Big 12, Big 10, one-loss champs were all ahead of Ohio State. Uh, so last year, Clemson was undefeated. Right. They were number one. SEC champ Alabama, one loss, was second. Michigan oh. State, Big 10 champ, one loss. Was third. Fourth was Oklahoma, Big 12 champ, one loss. Iowa. Fifth was Big 10 runner-up Iowa, one loss. Sixth was Pac-12 champ Stanford, two losses. Okay. Ohio State was seventh. Notre Dame with two losses was eighth. I can't wait to scream the word precedent on that call on Tuesday. <laughs> I don't know. It's a really, it's a really fascinating conference championships don't matter. Did you just hear that? Even uh, the makeup of the committee has changed from last year. Right. I don't know if you can take precedent from a thought process of a group of people that is not the same. Uh, the thing now, the Supreme Court can, but yeah. like you said, that's the, just, you know, the Supreme Court usually doesn't say, well, I don't. Now they do if it's conservative versus liberal, liberal versus, but but precedent right. matters in the courts, and it's other people who set the precedent, not you, but it's respected, and I think it is a fascinating question because there are rules and there are laws, right? They have guidelines and. It's not quite rules with this, but there are guidelines. But there are guidelines and there is precedent. Those are different things. Guidelines is what and laws, that's what's written down. Precedent is how you determine to interpret those rules and guidelines because there's always room for interpretation. And are you going to interpret it freely, however you want to in the moment, however those 12 people decide? Or is there precedent that matters? It is a fascinating question and a fascinating thing to think about because we've compared the committee now to a court system, but earlier we compared it to a jury. Yeah. It's 12 people in a room. Tell them the 10-2 thing that you were telling us. You hear stories all the time. It's a trial. You walk into the room. You take an initial survey, and the vote is 10 not guilty and 2 guilty. And two days later, they come out with a 12-0 guilty verdict. And it's because the two people in that room persuaded the other 10 to their side through reason, through argument, through force of personality, through making those 10 think about things in a different way. Right now, the trial is still going on. The key witness hasn't been called yet. Championship weekend is that key witness. That's the guy who did it. Or didn't do it. He has to take the stand. And you can't know for sure what's going to happen until with the jury until you hear that testimony. And then there's the testimony, and then it's how it's interpreted. And that's what they say every week on the call when you guys talk to them. They don't look at the future, and they can't know how they're going to think until all the evidence is in. And the thing that I wonder about and what this whole point is about is in that room, that jury having the right discussion looking at all the evidence, making no assumptions, going only by the evidence in front of them, not what they think they believe. And if that evidence leads them to Ohio State in the playoff, awesome, great. It's probably going to. But I just hope it's evidence and it's testimony and it's an actual deliberation. And I hope that if they get in that room and it's 10-2, I hope those two people on the other side Maybe they don't persuade the other 10, but I hope they make the argument. And I hope they bring fact that those 10 aren't thinking about. Because if they don't do that, they're doing a disservice to all the teams involved. 
and they're doing a disservice to college football. What if they come in 12-0, though? What if they just come in all 12, Ohio State's a playoff That's team? That's what he's afraid of. But is that wrong? I mean, if, it's, if they truly think that, is it wrong? I hope someone, if it's 12-0, I hope someone says, why? Because it's not about what you think. It's about why, why you think it. Yeah. Back it up. And make sure that you've considered everybody else in your argument in comparison. And again, if that's because Penn State has two losses, Ohio State has one, okay, I get it. If it's because Ohio State has a better resume than Washington, even though Washington's a conference champ, okay, I get it. But please, please, somebody mention Ohio, what Ohio State We have three people in ours. We do it every week. And we know that you listen and read because you love us. I can't tell you how many times I voted a certain way, and only having two other people in the room, granted very, very smart two people, <laughs> and then I feel like an idiot for the way I voted. And the hope is that there are people who are voting and coming into that room with a preconceived notion of what they think is right are voting, then are having a discussion that makes them feel stupid. Because it's good to feel stupid, because if you are made to feel that way, then you have an open mind, and you also are able to visit and revisit topics when you've already made up your mind about something. And that's when true discussion and true revelation is made. See that word? And that's why this committee is better than polls. Yes. Yeah, which is, again, to belabor the point and like hammer it home, it's the discussion of all of it. It's not jury deliberation. It's not just a vote. Playoff selection. And I hate to like compare the two because one is very serious and one is college football. But it's also not just a vote. It's the vote and discussion and vote and discussion until you're absolutely sure you're correct. Let's just say let's just say someone's on trial for like stealing a football player's dog or something. Let's say it's not something serious. It's just something minor. It's not a murder trial. We're not comparing college football to a murder trial. Um, I don't know. And I don't know if I have faith in the system or not. Stealing somebody's it's, dog. It's not – there's no transparency, which I think is an issue. I think it's an issue. Would be, I would love to be in that room and watch them do it. Um, and why can't you? You know, I, 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 I why is it a secret? The thing about I, it unless is they're that like, doing the things imagine, that we're terrified of. Why well, is like it a the secret? thing about it is, is that like if I got to sit there, how long do you think that the average meeting is before the one that they finally release? It's probably six hours, I would hope, or longer, right? I, mean, I hope it's not 45 minutes. I hope they're in there for no, all No, I mean, day. it feels like, I think, don't, I mean, they, they get together, like, during the day on Saturday yeah. and watch the games together and then like talk I, into the night, wake up in the morning, talk more. And then the rankings come out, at, it's either noon or one. I I'd love to sit there and take notes. One of those police mirror walls, right? Yeah. Like, we can yeah. just, it could be They like, don't know we're watching them. Yeah. You know, like, Barry Alvarez comes over to, like, this painting of a basket of fruit, yeah. and Ari's <laughs> eyes are, like, sticking through the grapes. Like, what a I'm great lead you. would that be? <laughs> Barry Alvarez strolled around the conference room thinking. Thinking do, he was alone, but he wasn't. So do you think, and again, it's like, I, I, like on one hand, I, I trust the committee because all the things we said about the time they put in, and if they didn't take it seriously, they wouldn't do it. And it's made up of people who know a lot about football. More than us. Here's the thing that I they know more than us, but but do they consider every option? The thing I get worried about is groupthink. I know people have said they wish that like a, an analytics person was in there. Um, there's a lot of football people, and that's why I love someone like Condoleezza Rice being on this committee. Someone who absolutely knows and understands football, but as a person who person who can synthesize information. I think synthesizing information. Um, and not engaging in groupthink and looking at things from different angles is one of the most important things in any group. And if you had 12 football coaches who all have great experience in the game, I'm not sure that would happen. When you add someone like Condoleezza Rice, you increase the chances of that happening. If you added somebody like Nate Silver, I think you'd increase it even more. And I know there's a media member in there also, but I think there could be a little more diversity yeah. in the group because, again um, – I would love to go in and make the case about Penn State and have six people shoot holes in it. But someone's got to I would love to watch case. Doug just get let loose in there. Someone's got to make the minutes. case. Light me up, man. Light me up and tell me a hundred ways that I'm wrong. But please think about it. So, okay, here's my – do you think they're going to consider – which is more likely, that they consider every single point that we just talked about or – that they kind of basically say Ohio State's really good. We all know that they're in. Which one is more likely? Uh, you go first. I think that we are very critical of Ohio State. And I think that sometimes we think 
through – I think the way that we think is fair. I don't think we're biased either way and I think that makes us polarizing at times. But I don't know if our viewpoints of Ohio State ever matches up with the rest of the world. And I don't know if it's because we're insane or everybody else is insane. But I do think that what's going to happen is is that that committee, based on what I hear on that conference call and based on the fact that they just beat a top five team at home, regardless of what it looked like, that they love this team. And you've been saying it all year, even before they lost, that the committee's going to love this team. I think they're just going to put them in. And I don't think there's going to be anybody on the other end of the conference table banging their fists against the wall about Penn State. I think Ohio State's going to get in, and I don't think it's going to be hard for them. I don't think that's the right thing. I don't think that's the way it should be. But I think that based on the way that we think of this and the way that everybody else thinks of it, we are in the minority. And if we're in the minority, then I don't doubt that the committee might – you've been hearing Kirby Hoka on the call. Yeah. He loves Ohio State. He does. So my gut feeling is that they're going to get slid in, and I don't think it's going to be that hard for them. I think I disagree – and maybe I'm just like giving the people in that room way too much um, benefit of the doubt, but I think that, like we just said, you know, there are a lot of, of old football guys in there. There are, are people who are capable, I think, of, of thinking critically and, and synthesizing information. And there's a lot of it. And this is a pretty, pretty heavy decision though, they're going to have to make. Um, I think that it's possible that we're being thrown off a little bit by Kirby Hocutt because I'm not 100% confident in that he knows what he's doing. He seems very nervous. I think he dislikes to say the things that will be like the least controversial thing possible, even if that's not the thing that's actually happening in the room. And maybe what he's saying is not super far off from what's being said in the room. But I I can't imagine that there are 12 people talking about this on a weekly basis and all 12 of them see the gap that Kirby Hocutt described to us that exists between Ohio State and Penn State. And maybe it's I'm just being, so hard. It's so hard to know because right, we have no that's idea. What, well, that's what yeah. I'm saying. But and maybe in thinking that I'm being naive. But I, I think maybe yeah. Until we see what happens, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. But and, you and do say that, think that Ohio State's going? I do, and I, I do. do, and Doug does. And I do, I think but that just be, it's but, because we have an inkling that it's going to go the way. But I don't think in the end putting Ohio State in would be wrong. Yeah. No. I don't think it would be wrong. I think it would be wrong if they did it without really considering things. Yeah. Right. Here's what I think is absolutely and, – and here's the thing that also, too. Um, last year, Ohio State wasn't really completely dead when they lost to Michigan State. They just needed some help, and they got none of it. Yeah. Like every – you know how like there's always crazy stuff, and people always love to talk about how Ohio State lost to Illinois in 2007 and dropped to whatever they dropped to, and then like a week later they were number one? Um Sometimes there are no upsets. I think people always think, well, there's going to be an upset. Sometimes there aren't. Last year there weren't. And this year I think there may not be. There hasn't been one in a few weeks. So here's what I think is on the table. Everybody wins out. Alabama wins. Clemson wins. Washington wins. Penn State wins. Again, basically everything we're talking about applies to Penn State. If Wisconsin beats Penn State... I think it ends a lot of things because Wisconsin is in the other division. You could perceive it as the weaker division. That's a reality. They sort of got lucky to be in that division. And when they played the two best teams in the East, they lost to them. That, I think, is a different discussion than Penn State. Anyway, on the table, Alabama wins, Clemson wins, Washington wins, Penn State wins. Those are four conference champs. Oklahoma wins. Not in the conference championship game, but wins the Big 12. And your four playoff teams are Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Penn State. I definitely think that's possible. And that's what I've said all along that – not all along, but I think I've changed my mind on it maybe in the last week and a half or two weeks is that when it comes down to it, the comparison is not going to be Ohio State to Penn State. It's going to be the Big Ten champ to Washington. Or I guess it would have to be Washington because the Colorado wins the Pac-12. They have two losses. So I think that's certainly possible and I think maybe kind of likely. And I think – but do you believe that Michigan could or should or would or maybe or possibly Michigan would get in instead of Penn State? This whole discussion of yeah. put in both Ohio State and Michigan. Kirk Herbstreet said if Colorado beats Washington in the Pac-12 title game, he thinks Michigan's in. Michigan and Ohio State plus Clemson and Alabama. Do you guys agree with that? I don't agree with it, but I think that it could happen. I mean, That's a miscarriage of justice if that happens. If Penn State wins and Ohio State and Michigan both get in and Penn State doesn't, it's a miscarriage of justice. Yeah, because they both would have two losses. 
you make the argument that their resumes are similar because head-to-head, like we talked about with conference championships, head-to-head is also a quote-unquote tiebreaker in the committee's guidelines. Head-to-head is not something you give Michigan head-to-head benefit of the doubt, and then it doesn't count for Ohio State. It's got to be one or the other. Right. Well, I mean, but it doesn't. Well, you think by principle it should, but again, if they apply it, it's not a tiebreaker for Penn State and Ohio State because it's not a tie. Penn State has two losses, Ohio State has one. Penn State and Michigan is a tie. Because they both have two losses, now the head-to-head matters, and Michigan wins it. But head-to-head, it's it's head-to-head conference championship, and two other things, and I forget them off the top of my head, are the four quote-unquote tiebreakers, and they're all weighted evenly. One person can consider one more important than the other, so I don't think it's cut and dry that if it's Penn State versus Michigan State or Michigan, that Michigan gets in based off head-to-head. If there's someone in that room who values the idea of winning your conference championship more than a head-to-head matchup that happened three months ago, do you think it matters if Penn State kicks Wisconsin's butt? Is the 59-0 Ohio State win over Wisconsin two years ago, is that in play? Because, again, if you listen to two years ago, you would not be exactly sure if Ohio State had beaten Wisconsin 14-0 instead of 59-0. You're not 100% sure Ohio State would have gone. Is that in play for Penn State? Not just winning, but winning big. Does that possibly matter? I think that just hammers home the different team. and like who, I don't know if they're being considered in that way, but if they were – and that was the thing for Ohio State is we don't quite know where you are. Oh, you want 59 to nothing? Okay, you're awesome. You're in. So if they, Penn State does something like that, I think, yeah, that can that can do it for them. If Penn State beat Wisconsin 59 nothing, I don't think Ohio State fans are sleeping on Sunday, Saturday night. Here's the thing that I think really could happen. I think that they could end up, and, and as much as like we're debating whether to respect them or what, I do think there exists in the human condition the um, – desire to cover your own ass. And if they sort of think that Ohio State needs to be in, but they're stuck on the idea of Ohio State getting in ahead of its own conference champ, the way to solve that is to put them both in. And it's not necessarily do you really in your heart 100% believe Penn State deserves it more than Washington or that Ohio State deserves it more than Washington. It's like, and I think you guys have made this point, it's like the Big 12 thing in 2014. We couldn't decide between Baylor and TCU, so we didn't take either. We took the other guy. It's the reverse of that. We we didn't want to have to explain why we chose one or the other, so instead of leaving both out, we're putting both in. Because there's a distinction between picking Ohio State over a conference champion and taking them over their own conference champion, which is a point that Doug's they made all it. the time. It, yeah. So if somebody said, we're taking Penn State and Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson because the Big Ten was the best team conference in college football, and just because two of the best teams happened to be in the same division, doesn't mean that, that the team that didn't go to the conference champion isn't better than the Pac-12 champ. I think everybody on the earth could accept that. It might suck to be a Washington fan. But I think it would be a lot easier to accept across the board in the world of college football that way than taking Ohio State and Washington over a one-loss Penn State or two-loss Penn State Big Ten champ. Yeah. Plus, Washington's going to – there's a lot going against Washington. Like, Washington doesn't have quality wins. It's non-conference schedule. They suck. lost at home, right? They lost at home to USC. Like, the, I think their best non-conference game might have been Rutgers. Um, They're yeah, a common they opponent that they beat up. Everybody beat them up. Right. They didn't help themselves with their schedule. So now, yeah. And I think that's a lesson learned for and, – and most of these schedules have already been made for years in advance. But in the college football playoff era, it's better to play a tough schedule and lose than play an easy schedule and win everything. Right. Big 12. But again, that point was made to me today at about Penn State. And it's like, okay, the team they lost to on the road by a field goal – Is 8-4. and four. Is 8-4 and four and beat Clemson. And Temple's 9-3. and three. And Temple's 9-3. and three. So, what's your point? Like, I just think there's some misperception. Okay. I don't know if that made anyone feel any better. I can't tell if I feel better. I feel worse. I feel like I'm having the same discussion again and again. I'm pulling my hair up like Chris Farley and Tommy Boy. The good news is we don't have to have it after this week. Richard, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be doing Fat Guy in a Little Coat in about a minute here. Um, Let me ask you this. Do you guys think people like talking about the playoff, or does it drive them crazy and they're sick of it? I love it. I like talking about it. I, don't, I, I, I do not like the let's just let it all play out crowd. I think that's incredibly boring, but I think there's a lot of people in that crowd, and we're not in it. Um, 
So I just felt possible. like that was the intro to the podcast. Are we done? <laughs> People probably hated every second of this, but I found it interesting. I think Ohio State fans hate it when we're not talking about why they should be in. Right. I think oh. I bet you there were a lot of Ohio State fans who did not make it through this podcast because we weren't re- <laughs> we're not reinforcing what you already think. But if you're an Ohio State fan and you disagree with oh, us, the first thing we said is we all think they're in. I know, but if you're an Ohio State fan. Uh, and you're still here, and you're listening to these words come out of my mouth right now. We appreciate yeah, you. Thank you. We understand that it probably wasn't easy, <laughs> and that you want your team to be in, but that you were interested and curious enough to hear opposing views makes you a better person for the world. <laughs> and we appreciate oh, it. God, we don't really want everyone to hate us. It just happens naturally. Um, okay, that's it. That's Buckeye talk. Buckeye rant. Can we change it to Buckeye rant this Buckeye week? Buckeye rant. Yeah. Buckeye. Uh, what did you call vomit? We'll just vomit some Ohio State stuff. Just out. So what can we put this to- this this podcast should just be called Buckeye Vomit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you liked it, um, we're happy. If you didn't, we apologize. <sighs> he's Bill. He's Ari. I'm Doug. That's Buckeye Talk.